Welcome to the Ginghamsburg Podcast. After today's message, take a second to download the Ginghamsburg app. It's the best way to find out about and engage with what's happening at Ginghamsburg. We hope the following message helps you activate your faith and take the next step in your journey with Jesus. Have you ever had to wait for something? Uh, my name is Fitz. Uh, I am the family ministry pastor here at Kingsburg Church. And first of all, Happy New Year. Uh, thank you. Uh, and those of you who made, whoever made that comment about the Buckeyes, that wasn't nice. Uh, but we just, um, we just got done celebrating Christmas. Technically, we're still in Christmas on the, on the church calendar. That goes until January 5th. But, but uh, running through the Christmas season, it's allowed me to reminisce about um, being a kid at Christmas time, uh, being a kid at Christmas time was, was always awesome for me. You know, I was a typical kid, uh, you know, I was excited about Christmas with the music and the lights and the snow, the Charlie Brown Christmas special. Uh, but of course, the, the one thing that I was really excited about for Christmas was what? Presents, right? The gifts, because I'm materialistic and shallow. Um, uh, and and as, <laughs> as I think back on that time in my life, uh, I am convinced uh, that my parents had kids uh, for the sole purpose of making our lives miserable. Um, and not like in a terrible, uh, awful uh, way. They were just uh, mean. Um, and let me, uh, let, me, let me explain. Uh, this is what Christmas morning looked like in the Fitzpatrick household. Uh, Rob, my older brother, and I, we would wake up at, at stupid o'clock in the morning because we were just like, oh, so excited because of what might be out there uh, under the Christmas tree. And of course, we, we couldn't go back to sleep because, well we, well, we had a rule in our house, and, and maybe you have this rule in your house, that we weren't allowed to wake up uh, mom or dad until uh, 7 a.m. Maybe for you it's 8 a.m., maybe it's uh, noon, whatever. Um, if it's noon... I need to know how you do that, but um, for us, it was, it was 7 a.m., and so we would lay, lay there in bed and just like dream of what could possibly be under the tree, and there was no going back to sleep until 7 a.m. We'd just be like, dee, 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 dee. 7 a.m. would hit. We still couldn't open our presents yet, okay? Mom and dad would, in fact, get up, but we didn't get to open our presents. You see, I had those parents who required that we ate a complete breakfast before we opened uh, any presents at all. Again, just mean. So they would make their way to the kitchen and they would get, they would get breakfast ready and then we would have to go eat breakfast. Here's the situation though. Bedrooms were here, the, the kitchen dining room was here. In between, off of the main hallway was, a li- was the living room where, where all the, the joy and happiness would happen. And so we would be forced, they made us do this, we would be forced to walk past our living room like this. <laughs> Put your hand up, Mike. I, it is, it's up, I can't see anything. And we'd get to the, the kitchen and we would eat our breakfast that we had like zero interest in whatsoever. And then we would finish breakfast and then present time, right? No. We would then have to go back to our bedrooms, different hand, same hallway, and go back to our bedrooms because uh, mom and dad had to finish getting ready, um, getting their coffee and getting the camera ready, which, which is like code for like giggling over their torturous ways. And so uh, we would sit in our 
uh, bedrooms, on the threshold of our bedrooms, and be like, are you ready yet? No. Are you ready yet? No. Are you ready yet? No. And they would just keep going. Then finally, they'd be like, okay, we should let them off the hook. Okay, come. And we would go out, and we'd get to open our presents and experience uh, joy and happiness once again. Uh, was the wait uh, worth it? Usually, usually it was awesome and wonderful. Did it make it any less painful? No, it did not. It was still excruciating. And you've probably never experienced something like this, be, this because your parents are not Marianne and Bob Fitzpatrick. But you have experienced waiting because you're human. And that's part of the human experience is waiting. We don't have or receive everything we want or need right now, and, and so we wait. And sometimes that waiting is for something that's not super significant, your, your birthday, the weekend, uh, Christmas, a, a, a date with that, that special someone. But sometimes the waiting can be more weighty, can't it? Like, there's a lot more pressure. There's a lot more, there's a lot more riding on this particular thing that you're waiting on. It's more pressing. Some of you are waiting for a new job. You've been out of work, or, or maybe you have a job and you're just miserable in it, and there haven't been a whole lot of prospects. And so you wait. Or maybe you've been waiting for Mr. or Miss Wright to come along. And uh, you've met some people, you've gone out on dates and whatnot, but uh, just haven't found the right person. And so you wait. Maybe for you, you found Mr. or Miss Wright, uh, but you want to add to your family. You just got more love to give, and you want to add to your family, but you've had some real struggles in that area. Can't seem to get pregnant, and, and, so, you, and so you wait. Uh, you've been experiencing pain or other hardships in your body, and you read about all those times in the Bible where Jesus healed someone, and you're like, why not me? But it hasn't happened yet, and so you what? You wait. You wait. You've been praying for that thing, and you know what it is. Maybe nobody else does, but you've been praying about it, and it's important for you. It's super important for you. You don't know if it's ever going to happen, but you haven't got an answer yet. And so you wait. You've got that family member who, who just refuses to accept the fact that Jesus has any importance in their life whatsoever. And you know how important Jesus is to you, and you just want them to experience it, and you pray, but they just won't say yes to Jesus. And so you wait. And that waiting is hard, right? That waiting is so hard. It's not like, I want this healing, I want this relationship, I want this, this job, but it doesn't really matter when it comes. It doesn't matter if it comes. No, there's a lot riding on this. And so we agonize, we stress, we long for this thing, we lose sleep over this thing. We desire to experience what's next, what we hope to come down the road. It is anything but not a big deal. It is a huge huge deal. And we don't know what we're going to do if we don't get to experience that thing for which we wait. 
So what do we do? How do we endure those times of intense waiting? What do we do on our journey from our point A, which is our present reality, until we get to our point B, our preferred future? How do we get on that? How do we take that journey successfully? I want to look at a passage in Scripture that might help us during those times. And when I knew that I was going to be preaching uh, this morning, I, wanted to, I knew the passage I wanted to look at. It's always intrigued me because we're, we're at this place on the church calendar post-Christmas, uh, still, again, uh, technically in the Christmas season. But I've always wondered about those, those first few hours, those first few days after Jesus was born. What was that like? And there's one verse that's always stood out to me. It's Luke chapter two, verse 19, that says, but Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. She treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. Anyone who's ever had a child can probably empathize with these words, especially those first few hours, those first few days. When your child gets older, your time is spent uh, taking them to this extracurricular activity, to that one, trying to coordinate schedules, trying to figure out how to have enough food in your house to feed that kid who has a hollow leg. You've got that kid, right? Some of you have that kid and know what I'm talking about. But when your child is first born, a lot of time is simply spent treasuring and pondering. We treasure every noise that kiddo makes. Every time she yawns, every time he looks at you, it doesn't matter if he can actually focus on your face. Every time she goos, every time she gaws, every time he grabs your finger with an entire hand, Every time she makes a sound that sounds even remotely like mama. Every time he passes gas. <laughs> and it, it, if you're a parent, you know what I'm talking about. You treasure those moments. You lock them up in your memory. I've often thought in my, in my parenting journey, though, it would be so awesome if I had a device in my brain that I could just record everything so I could just recapture each of those moments, each of those precious moments but we don't have that device, so we do what we can to treasure these moments. The Common English Bible translates um, the word treasure as committed them to memory. So Mary committed these moments to her memory. There's a lot of pondering that goes on in those early days, too. Uh, we ponder things like, does she look like me or my spouse? I've often said my kids got their good looks for me because my wife still has hers. So, um, guys, you can use that if you want. Anyway, um, we ponder, is he healthy? What's going on in that tiny little brain of hers? Well, who will she be when she grows up? Who will he marry? Not that there will be anyone good enough for him. Will she make enough money to support me and my spouse in our old age? <laughs> you know, important questions about life and love. And later, later in life, we have less time to really consider these kinds of big, important questions. But, but when they're young, we have time. Time changing diapers. Time spent cuddling. Time spent feeding. Time spent walking them in the middle of the night. 
time spent having one-way conversations with them. And so we spend that time treasuring and pondering. But I think there might have been something more going on with Mary as she treasured and pondered all these things. As you know, the birth of Jesus was a rather remarkable event. Uh, there's the whole virgin birth thing, which by itself was like, it's a huge deal. But even the lead up to that was pretty remarkable. Mary was visited by an angel, remarkable, who told her, you will conceive and give birth to a son and you are to call him Jesus. He will be great and will be, will be called the son of the most high. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father, David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. This is a huge deal. See, the Jews have been waiting for a Messiah for hundreds, for, for even thousands of years. They were tired of being every other nation's doormat. And so they were waiting for a Messiah, for a, a savior, for an anointed one to come and to rebuild their nation and be the king over their nation once again. But it had been a long time and it still hadn't happened yet. And they found themselves waiting. And then Mary, this basically nobody from a backwater town, gets a visit from a divine being saying that she's going to be the one to give birth to the Messiah. Just think about what's going through her mind, what's going through her spirit. So she's got that experience to ponder. And then she visits her cousin Elizabeth, who greets her with, blessed are you among women, and blessed is the child you will bear. But why am I so favored that the mother of my Lord should come to me? As soon as the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the baby in my womb leaped for joy. Blessed is she who has believed that the Lord would fulfill his promises to her. As if Mary being pregnant wasn't confirmation enough that something big was going on here, when she shows up at her cousin's house, her cousin breaks out in song, and the baby in her womb, John the Baptist, breaks out into like an in utero dance party because of just being in the presence of Mary. What is going on here? So more for Mary to ponder. And then fast forward several months and Mary and Joseph find themselves treasuring and pondering some of the normal parenting questions. Who is, who is he going to look like and so on? But they're doing it in a stable amongst farm animals. And out of nowhere come a group of shepherds, dirty, smelly, rough around the edges shepherds who come specifically because a different group of angels showed up and said, the Messiah is here, you need to go see him. And they wanted to see the baby. So all of this treasuring, all of this pondering has risen to unprecedented levels. And, and so as a thought experiment, just uh, go with me for a minute. Imagine for a moment, you get a visit from a divine being of some sort, and they inform you that your, your son is going to do something big, like your son's going to win the Heisman Trophy, or your daughter is going to win a, a Nobel Prize, like, like big, important uh, deal. We don't have this information out about any of our kids, but if we did, if we had this information beforehand, I would assume about thoughts about who our child would become would look completely different. We'd have this insider information about something really good that is on the horizon for our kiddo, and that would be super exciting. But here's the thing. 
It hasn't happened yet. Your son didn't win the Heisman. Your daughter didn't win a Nobel Prize. So what do you have to do? You wait. You wait through the dirty diapers. You wait through the scraped knees. You wait through teaching them how to eat and wiped out bikes and grade cards that don't quite measure up and broken hearts and speeding tickets and rejection letters and so on. You wait, you wait, and you wait. You've gotten this great news, but it hasn't come to fruition yet. So you're forced to wait. And we've all got that. We've all got our point A, our present reality. We all have our point B, our preferred future. So how do we navigate that path? How do we get from point A to point B? How do you make that journey without getting impatient, without, without giving up, without going crazy? I wonder if Mary might have had the, the key to successful waiting, which is simply pondering and treasuring Jesus, pondering and treasuring Jesus. You see, Mary still had a long journey to travel. She has to deal with the usual, the diapers, the scraped knees and stuff, but she also had to deal with people talking badly about her son. Moms, you gonna put up with that? No, she had to put up with that. She had to wait through people try, taking her son to the edge of a cliff and threatening to throw him off. She had to wait through her son, uh, through the religious leaders, the religious leaders of her time, plotting to arrest and kill Jesus, her son, and then doing it, carrying it out. This is not an easy road to travel. But what got her from point A to point B, her present reality to her preferred, or in this case, her promised future? I wonder if it wasn't in that one simple decision she made early on in the life of her boy to not focus on the difficulties of life, to not focus on the yuck of life, but instead, through all of it, to ponder and treasure Jesus. I wonder what it might look like if whatever journey you're on right now, if instead of focusing on the stress of that present reality, you chose to, in the midst of it, to simply ponder and treasure Jesus, simply focus on the one who's been there for you time and time again in the past. While you're waiting for that new job, how would your attitude change? How would your outlook change if you simply pondered and treasured Jesus in the midst of it. While you're waiting for Mr. or Miss Wright or for that baby to arrive, what would, what would it do for your outlook if you simply pondered and treasured Jesus in the midst of that? That healing you've been waiting for, that other thing that you've been praying for, how much different would your weight look if instead of focusing on the difficulties of the situation, you pondered and treasured Jesus. See, most of us focus so intently on that thing that we're waiting for, that point B, that desired future, 
that it becomes the central focus of our lives. It becomes the one thing that we think will bring us happiness and fulfillment and joy. And so we focus on it so intently that we lose sight of the one thing or rather the one person who can bring us fulfillment, and that is Jesus. Now, I do need to bring a disclaimer that if you decide in the midst of whatever journey you're on to ponder and treasure Jesus, that doesn't necessarily make life instantly easier. Life doesn't become peaches and cream and unicorns and rainbows. It doesn't do that. Life is still gonna be hard. Here's how Paul put it in his letter to the Romans. He wrote, I believe that the present suffering is nothing compared to the coming glory that is going to be revealed to us. The whole creation waits breathless with anticipation for the revelation of God's sons and daughters. Creation was subjected to frustration, not by its own choice. It was the choice of the one who subjected it. But in the hope that the creation itself will be set free from slavery to decay and brought into the glorious freedom of God's children. We know that the whole creation is groaning together and suffering labor pains up until now. And it's not only the creation. We ourselves, who have the spirit as the first crop of the harvest, also groan inside as we wait to be adopted and for our bodies to be set free. We were saved in hope. If we see what we hope for, that isn't hope. Who hopes for what they already see? But if we hope for what we don't see, we wait for it with patience. Paul here is talking about the end of all things, when everything is going to be made right again, when we won't experience the suffering in this world again. And he likens it to a woman giving birth and the pains that that woman goes through as she gives birth to that child. Um, I, have, I have two uh, biological children. I have four kids all told, but I have two biological kids. And Colin... Uh, my wife, Marcy, was in labor for 20 uh, hours uh, giving birth to him because she's a boss. Um, and she, she was like, I, I don't want to use pain meds. And I, I'm like, that sounds like a terrible decision, but okay. Um, and she, she made it 12 hours before she asked for pain meds, which is like 11 and a half hours longer than I would have made it. So that was pretty awesome. Um, and uh, so 20 hours total. Second child, Hannah, she came uh, just under two years later. A little bit different. It took her 43 minutes. <laughs> like, check into the room, sign the papers. She's here! <laughs> oh, my gosh! Uh, so there wasn't time to administer pain meds uh, if my wife had wanted them. Um, and here's the thing. I didn't know a human could make sounds like that. Uh, like, Marcy made some of the most god-awful sounds you've ever... Like, I didn't know a human or an animal could make sounds like that. But fortunately, we were recording it. And so we've got it on video. And so to give you an idea what Paul is talking about, about the suffering we're still going to experience while we're waiting for everything to be made right, I want you to watch this video.
do you think I'm that stupid? I have not been married for 19 plus years by being that dumb. (laughs) But still, Paul says our waiting is going to be like that. It's going to be gut-wrenching at times. We're still going to cry out in pain. Why? Because we're still at our point A. We have not achieved our point B yet. So to get through that time, we focus Instead of on the difficulties of life, we ponder and treasure Jesus. That's how we get to point B. And and this is also hard, not just because we're not at our point B, but I, I think there's a part of us that ponders and treasures the negativities of life. We rehearse, we replay conversations, we assume the worst will go will happen. And so we don't see a way out of our current point A. So instead of pondering and treasuring Jesus, we ponder and treasure the bad stuff that does and could happen to us. And you might be thinking, wait, I don't get it. How how could we possibly treasure and ponder that stuff? Well, here's the thing. I, I think there's something inside of a lot of us that believes we're not worthy of any good thing. And so when bad stuff happens to us, when life is difficult, it just confirms what we believe about ourselves, that we're not worthy of good stuff. We're not worthy of the blessings of God. So we treasure that when it happens. But I believe in a loving God. I believe in a God who desires to give us good things. I believe in a God who owns the cattle on a thousand hills. I believe in a God who still heals today. I believe in a God who restores relationships. I believe in a God who tears down walls of separation. I believe in a God who is drawing all of us to himself through his love and with his mercy. And I would rather treasure the God who desires good things for me rather than the negative stuff of life that only threatens to tear me down as I wait for my point B. One other word of caution. There is no guarantee that your point B will look like what you want it to look like. Nowhere does it say in Scripture that if you ponder and treasure Jesus, that you'll get the healing you really want, that you'll get the job that you really want, that you'll get that spouse, that you'll get that child. It's not in there. In Matthew chapter 6, verse 33, Jesus says, Seek first the kingdom of God, and all these things will be added to you. And that sounds like that's what he's saying. But just before that, Jesus was having a conversation about worry, worrying about what we're going to eat, worrying about what we're going to wear, worrying about our bodies. And he says that the Father knows what we need. Not what we want, what we need. And there is the key. It would be super easy and would make us feel good to think that if we just treasure and ponder Jesus, we're going to get what we want. But Jesus says that we will get what we need. And and it could be it could be that the point B that you have in mind 
is not what you need. It might not be in your best interest. And I really struggle with this next part. Um, I think it's theologically correct. If it's not, just email Pastor Dennis. <laughs> Maybe what you need is to stay in that crummy job. Maybe what you need is to be single. Maybe it's not in your best interest to have kids or to have them biologically. Maybe it's not in your best interest to receive healing this, this side of heaven. I don't know. I'm not God. And this is really hard for me because it feels super non-compassionate. But what I know and believe is that God is a good and loving God who loves us deeply. And he has our best interest in mind. God knows what we need. And I believe that the point B that God has in mind for us is far better than the one we could envision for ourselves. So this uh, post-Christmas season, what are you waiting for? What is your desired point B? What's that thing that wakes you up in the middle of the night that you can't stop thinking about all day long? I believe that if you focus on that, it's not going to make it happen any quicker, and it's not going to guarantee that it will happen at all. Actually, it'll probably make that, that wait feel longer. But instead, the way that we successfully navigate our journey from our point A to point B is to simply and intently ponder and treasure Jesus. Ponder and treasure the God who loved us so much that he stepped out of heaven to be with us. And some of you might still be thinking, it's not worth it. It's not worth it. You simply want what you want. I get that. But here's the truth of it. If you choose to focus on, if you choose to ponder and treasure Jesus in the midst of your waiting, you may not get what you want. But what you will get is more Jesus. And that so worth it. I hope you enjoyed today's message. I've got two invitations for you before you go. First, subscribe to our podcast so it shows up in your feed every week. And if today's message inspired you and you'd like more people to hear it, you can give a financial gift through the Ginghamsburg app or online at ginghamsburg.org.